You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So this is so much fun. I, I love Connect, so I wanted to, there's some things, obviously I already said, that I wanted to share with you about. And it's fun because it's our second birthday. I can't believe it's been two years already. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's flown by. So who says we should have our third birthday in the new building? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So be believing for that. We get the keys next month, I think, at some time. And then it's starting, the renovation. So be believing with us for um, a smooth renovation process. And then we can be in that thing and taking over El Cajon. So it's going to be so much fun. What a fun year we have. So this morning, I'm going to um, be talking to you about a few things. And the title of my message is Connect Call. Let's see. Oh, yay. Awesome. Okay, so connect call. So I have a few points that I'm going to share with you. So my first point, and for those of you that are taking notes, I'll probably say a few things you might want to write down, or whatever. You can just receive it. That works too. So the first point that I have is the call to live in relationship and community. Matthew 22, 36 through 40 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, in all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And we know that this is God's plan for his people because when he sent Jesus, he modeled it. So it's pretty easy. Love the Lord your God and love other people. So first, we need a relationship with God. That's easy. Yes, Jesus. And the second is we need to be with people. And it sounds easy, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. So we all want to feel like we're a part of something. And, you know, we move to communities to have, like we live across the street. We moved there because we wanted community for our friends. We wanted to, you know, hang out. And, and we are on online communities. And we have connect groups and different ways that we can all be in community. And, and what I love about being in community is the diversity. And so everyone, you know, the, the neighbors that we have in our street and, and then people in our workplace, they're all different. And they all have a story. And, and that's, for those of you who don't know, I'm a dental hygienist part-time. And um, I love it because I love people. And so I get to spend eight hours a day. And I don't, I don't, I'm not the one that talks the whole time when I clean your teeth, but I, I do like to get to know you. And I would say that's, that's one of the things I love about my job is that I get to know people. And, and so I get to see how they're doing. I get to see their kids grow up. I like, I like to know their stories and get to know them. And um, so I love it. I, I mean, I love my job because I love the people and, and love the people that I get to see and, and talk with there. And I'm also one of those people at the airport that, that watches people. And I love people watching. And so I'm watching and I look at their things and I'm like, I wonder where they're going, like what their lives are like, where, what are they doing? And, and this is just how my brain works. And then also when, like when you're on a long road trip and you, and you pull off to get like gas or something and there's, there's like a gas, gas station that has a subway in it and you're like two hours from everywhere. And then there's people working there and I'm thinking, where do these people live? Like there's nothing here. Like what are their lives like? So I'm, I'm the type of person that like, I'm always thinking about, <laughs> I'm always, that's how my brain works. I'm like, what do you do every day? So yeah, so I love it. And Michael says that I'm nosy, but I'm not nosy. I'm just, I'm just interested in people. Yes. Anyone else with me? Okay. See, it's not a bad thing. I have a genuine interest in, in other people. Yes. 
So at church, you know, we, we also are in a community here, and we have intentional times to, to gather. And so one of those ways is Connect Group. We have prayer meetings. Obviously, we have services and other, other things that, that happen uh, midweek. So we like to be together. And if you, and if you haven't um, found a group, there's these green cards on the seats that you can fill out so we can try and get you connected and, and find your friends. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we might try different groups and, um, you know, it's maybe like not the right fit or especially at our campus, there might be a need that you see that, that we don't have yet. So great. So you can start that. So, so invite your friends out to lunch. Go do that. Awesome. Yes. You don't have to wait for Michael and I to, um, you know, to ask you. Just like, just be in community. We want you to. We want you to be happy here. We want you to find friends. We want you to find your people because those are the people that you're going to do life with. So, 13 years ago, um, I hosted my first connect group, but it wasn't a connect group. It was just a party at my house. That so basically, what happened was, um, 13 years ago, there was a guy named Michael Smith, and he said, "Hey, Lisa, what are you doing on Monday night?" And I said. Well, I don't think anything, but what did you have in mind? And he's like, okay, we're going to have game nights at your house every, every Monday night. I'm like, okay, all right, great, I can do that. So we started game nights at my house, and so it started just with like four or six people, and we would play Cranium, Taboo, and, and just like some board games. But then it started growing because people heard about it, and they wanted to come. So then it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and that's where I met, um, well, that's, so that same person introduced me to this church, which was back then Christian City Church, and then it was C3, and now it's Awaken. So I found this church. I, through that group, I met Michael, because it was a Halloween party through mutual friends, how I met Michael. That's also how I met Ashley. That's also how I met Emily and Alan, well, em, Alan Walter, and then Emily Walter. And so so many of my friendships and people that I'm still friends with now came from that group. And it wasn't a church group. It was just a group of, of friends that we would hang out and come and play. And our group got so big that we couldn't play board games anymore. We would play Mafia. Anyone know what the Mafia is? Yeah. So we would, we would play Mafia um, and... We got so big that we'd have to have two groups of mafia, and then we were like, okay, this is getting out of control. We even, we had a pool party one summer, and we had spafia. We played in the spa. <laughs> that was actually the first time I met Emily. They were dating, so um, it was so much fun. It was such a good time in our lives. So that was, I would say that was, you know, it was important to, to be around people, and that's, that's what you know, to find out where I am today. So when Michael and I got married, um, they asked us to lead a Young Adults Connect group. So we started a Young Adults Connect group. So our first one, you may have heard the story. So we, uh, same condo as the Connect group. I lived in Mission Valley. And we had three people come, and I made chili. And one of the guys was allergic to beans. So that was, I was like, oh, great, I made this whole thing. So nobody ate my chili. But that's okay. That's okay. So, so from that connect group, we, we um, launched some people out of there, and it grew. I think that's when we met Joy and Jake. Yep, in that connect group. Actually, it was Joy first, and then we met Jake. Yep, Joy brought Jake to church. Good girl. And then, um, and so we had that group. And then our next season of life, we um, got pregnant with Grady. I fell asleep during a connect group, and that's when Michael told everyone I was pregnant because I fell asleep on the floor. That was pretty funny. <laughs> He's like, let me just explain this. <laughs> it was really funny. And then, so we had Grady, and then we bought a house up in Carmel Mountain, and we moved up there. And then we had a young married and family connect group. And that's where we met Jared and Manny Van Tassel, wherever you're at. 
maybe backstage. Yep, it's fun to see. It's like these people, it's like you start to do life with them. So they came to our house, other people like Jeff Forbes, he came, um, other people in our church. And so we did that for a while. And then we went into a new season of life. We had another kid and bought another house, and then we changed our group again, and that's when we had just like an open connect group. So each time, it was like a relaunch. Each time, it was like a rebrand and, and what we were doing, and so um, we've birthed multiple groups out of us, and so in that connect group, it's, it's fun because that's where we met Randy and Marianne Heinrich, who came to visit us today. Good to see you, and, and other wonderful people, so it's just so much fun to, um, to do life and, and build community together, and um, and some of those, what I loved about Connect was it, they'll, it'll bring people into your world that you wouldn't normally seek out friendship with. And so it, it kind of was like, oh, I wouldn't normally maybe like be best friends with Marianne. But since of, because of Connect, like we have such an invaluable relationship that you wouldn't have known or I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, gotten to know Marianne. So that's what I love about it. It brings people together. And, and, and it's, it's just so much fun. You know, and, and so I, f I love that um, about, about community, about community. Ugh, need some water. One sec. <laughs> so in a world of social media, we have so many friends online, and, but we've never been, people have never been so lonely. It's like we're connected, but not really connected, you know? And so it's kind of like a, we have to be intentional about putting ourselves into Room, like rooms with people because people are not used to that and they're not used to having a relationship. We were sitting at a dinner last Saturday and um, <laughs> we were sitting there and then I saw a girl walk in that I'm Facebook friends with from my high school and I'm like, oh, like, I, I was like, I didn't even say hi. I was like, I, know, I don't even like know her. And I'm like, this is so weird. And that's what made me think of it. I'm like, we're friends on there and we see each other's stuff, but we're not actually friends and I'm not even gonna say hi to her because it'd be like, hi, really awkward. So I don't know. It's just, it's just, yeah, it just makes me feel like we need to be more intentional about, about being in a relationship. So the Bible says to, to love your neighbor. But who is our neighbor? It's actually anyone that we come across in our, in our world. It's in our workplace, our physical neighbors, our pe just people that we meet out in town. So um, we need to have like a Mr. Rogers mentality. We need to look after our neighbor. We need to actually be Christians and, and bring light into dark places. That's what we're called to do. Mr. Rogers said, knowing that we can be loved exactly as we are gives us all the best opportunity for growing into the healthiest people. So we are all wanting to be known and loved. And a pastor, Tom, Timothy Keller, says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and fully loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. So that's just so beautiful because when you're known, people will notice you when you're not there. People will notice you when you're not at church. People will notice you when you don't come to connect group or show up at the birthday party. And, and so I think there's a fear a little bit attached to that because then you're like, well, I need to be accountable then. If I'm, we want to be known, but then we don't want to count, be accountable. So it's like, okay, it's, you can't really have both. I mean, if you're known, then people are going to know when you're not there. But then if you're, you know, if you're hiding, you're like, well, nobody knows that I'm sick. Well, that's because people don't, you know? And so I feel like we, we, deal with this thing, and, and it's so, like, we don't want to step in and, and sign up for a serving team, you know, because they're going to know if you don't come to church, so, you know, I mean, that's the truth, but it's kind of, like, it's good, it's, like, it's, like, having a trainer at the gym, it's, like, if you pay for the trainer, you're going to show up, because you've already paid for it, so it's kind of like that, it's, like, forcing yourself to do something you know you should, just because, right, so it's good, yeah, 
So it comes with a level of commitment to be known. It's a little bit vulnerable, putting yourself out there, but we know it's good for you. And I'm telling you this because I love you and I want the best for you. And I want us all to feel known and loved because that's what we all want. Amen. All right. So Colossians 3, 13, 14 says, make allowance for each other's faults and give anyone who offends you. Oh, and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So if we choose to operate in love, and it's a choice, we need to look over people's faults and differences for the greater goal, and even offenses, because they will come, and so we can choose to, to let it go. You know, a lot of times, you'll find yourself in a disagreement, and, you know, is it worth it to be right, or is it or do you want to save the relationship? Because a lot of times, you're never going to find a common ground. And I find this a lot in marriage. It's good marriage advice to choose your battles. Because sometimes I'm like, you know what? I know I'm right, but it's not worth it. So not worth the fight, you know? So this is, this is good. And then sometimes I'm like, this is worth the fight. This is one I'm going to, you know, die on this hill that I'm, I'm right. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, like, so just just. Be careful when we're dealing with people and um, just know when to, when to um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's good to speak into people. Sometimes it's good for them for you to challenge them a little bit. We don't want to just be people where people just speak to us and we're like, we roll over and just like, okay, whatever. But So we want to stand up for things we believe in, but just, just um, be careful not to damage friendships or ruin friendships or drive people away because of it. So, yes. Let's help each other win, okay? Can we agree to that at East Campus? Yes. If you really think about it, we're all, we're all here on the same page. And if you had a one-on-one -on -one with everyone, we probably would all agree on that. So don't let little things or little offenses or little disagreements hold you back. Because when you look at the big picture, I mean, that's just the devil, like trying to get in there and the, the spirit of offense. It's so annoying because it's like, that has nothing to do with the big picture. That has nothing to do with your life. It doesn't even change your life. Like, oh my gosh. So just try to step back if you're feeling that like that and have a bigger perspective and say, you know what? It's not worth the, the, you know, the problem to, to, um, to keep going after this. So being a participant in community is, is, the, is important, so, but it's not the only thing. So once you are there and you're like, okay, great, we're having a great time, you know, in this community. But, you, you know, you don't want to just stay there. Like, then you won't graduate to the next level, which is leading and doing the same thing, but stepping out. So, you know... Um, at some point when you're growing healthy and you become a mature person and you learn how to deal with people and navigate relationships and handle offenses, I mean, that's really life. I mean, no matter what, which occupation you have, whether you're a pastor or not, probably not a pastor, but like if you're in the workplace or whatever you're doing, like you're going to have to deal with people. You know, the art of dealing with people. I mean, there's books out there. I'm reading the, the How to Influence People book right now, and it's so good. There's so much wisdom in there because it's, it's just that's life. I mean, no matter what, which sphere you're in, we have to deal with people. And we can't hide, you know, in our caves and pretend like there's no people. I mean, that's, that's not what we're called to do. Like, that's not how, how God created us to be. So it's really good to, um, at some point, you know, learn how to be with people, be around people, and function with people. It's so important. And you'll, 
You'll never be able to lead others if you don't love people and, and want to get along with others. You know, people are not going to want to follow you. Or you can't, you know, force people, like, come to my house, you know. And that's, that's probably when we call the police. So, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> so when, when, we were, when we were smaller church, um, back then, we've been at the church 12 and a half years. And so we would hang out, like, all, we were in one church, and we had like one group of friends, because I mean, back then it was really small. So all our friends, it was like the church wards. Well, they weren't even married yet. Paul and Audrey. And then we had the Heinrichs. They were married. And then we had the Hubbards and all of our friends. And we would hang out and do things together. And then you can probably see where this is going. And then we launch north. And then, you know, we have central and central blows up. And, and then the Hubbards get sent to north. And then we get sent to, um, to east. And it's like, wait a minute, but we're all friends. Like we all, and when we see each other, we're like, oh, we miss you so much. Like, we never get to hang out. But it's, I mean, but that's how God is, it, how God works. Because we're not actually supposed to just stay all in the same place in our holy huddles. You know, how are we going to win the city for Jesus, right? Yes. That's it. So, so don't be afraid of, uh, of stepping out and, and releasing people. I mean, we'd be worried if, you know, our kids were still with us when they're, you know, 40, living with us. We don't, we want them to go out, you know? And so, and so it is healthy to, to raise up and release. And that's our, our motto that we have here. It's, it's so much fun. And, and when you, it's, it's actually so easy, um, in this church because Pastor Jurgen and Leanne have such a huge vision for San Diego and beyond that. I mean, we need, each and every one of you to, I mean, we want to release everyone. And so we believe everyone can be a leader. Everyone is a leader. So, I mean, we want to impact the nation. So, you know, it's, it's not like the Pastor Jurgen and Leanne show because they could, they could preach every Sunday and fill a stadium. And, but that's not how they are. Pastor Jurgen would be the, would ask someone to preach and he's sitting there on the front row, first one cheering them on, you know, and it's so amazing their heart for people and, and to see people flourish. I mean, I would not be standing up here, you know, they, when they asked us to, to start East Campus, I, I had never, I'd barely been with a microphone. I think I just did announcements. And so, but they, but they believed in us and, um, you know, that we were faithful and they're like, nope, you're good. You go for it. And that's just a beautiful heart that we have in this church is that, that um, you know, they're happy to release. And, and that's how we're going to influence this kingdom. So I'm so excited for what's to come for East Campus. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? The future Alpine Campus pastors in here. Where else have we got? We'll need a Santee one once we go to El Cajon. La Mesa. What else? Like, we're going to need people. So hang in there, guys. If you, if you enjoy the ride, buckle your seatbelts because we're going to need, you'll be up here preaching before you know it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12, 14 says, for the body is not one member, but many. So we're strongest when we're together and we need all of you and, and we're better together. So we're just so thankful for, um, yeah, pastors that raise and release so, and give us opportunity. So, so great. Okay, that was my first point, to so be in community. My second point, the, my second call that you should answer is the call to make disciples. All right, Matthew 28, 18 to 19 says, Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
that is our commission. That is our mantle to go and make disciples. And so we here at Awaken Church, we believe that we are disciple-making church. And I've seen it. I've seen the fruit of it. I've seen, you know, it's like people are being raised up, people are being released. And, and we are intentionable, intention, um, intentional about making disciples. So we look for the fruit of discipleship. And, and promotion comes based on that fruit of discipleship. So what kind of fruit are you producing? Not... Um, Let's see. Yeah, so not everything. Uh, wait, did I read that scripture? Yeah, here we go. Luke 6, 43 to 45. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. Okay? So I think a lot of people throw this out there and they say, everything healthy grows. That's, that's true. But there's also, you know, it says that healthy things grow good fruit. So there's not good things that grow bad fruit. So we're, we're called to be fruit inspectors, as, as J, Canon J. John says. So we look, and it's like, okay, what is the fruit of this? You know, if someone's trying to speak into you, your marriage, but then you look at the fruit of their marriage, or, or lack thereof, and then you're like, okay, maybe I don't want to eat from that tree, or, you know, or like, you look, you want to look at someone with, um, you know, financial advice, and then you look at the fruit of what their uh, finances are, or, well, you know, their lifestyle, and you're like, okay, maybe that's that someone, so, so it's really important to, to look at that. We're called to um, to judge every every tree bright's fruit, and for those of you that that aren't familiar with the, the the term fruit, it is. I mean, we use it a lot at this church, but maybe you're not used to what that is. So it just means that we reproduce what we are and who we are. And like an apple tree can only produce apples, and so on. And and we reproduce who we are on the inside of us, not what we are hoping for. You know, like it's not like well, I hope I'm going to reproduce. You know, this, but there's. I don't have that DNA in me. Like, that's not possible. So, so what is good fruit? Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are all good fruits to have in our life. And just a side note, if you feel like you're lacking in one of these, which, I mean, we're, we're leaky, we're, we leak. And so if, if I'm like really grumpy or if I'm, you know, have little patience with my kids or something, I'm like, okay, that's the fruit of the spirit. So, okay, let's, let me spend, you know, let me, maybe I've been too busy. I haven't, I've been neglecting my, my time with God. I haven't made it a priority, things like that. So you'll notice when these things pop up, you'll be like, oh, that's right. Because when you're, when you're in the word, when you're praying, when you're spending time with God, like these things will naturally come out because that's, those, those are the fruits of being with him. So it's so beautiful. So uh, here at Awaken Church, um, we want to be known for people who passionately pursue Christ and purposefully produce Christ followers. That was, that was written by someone on our team or a collaboration of people on our team, that we want to be known for passionately pursuing Christ and known for for purposefully producing Christ followers. We don't just like hope and pray that like people will just start doing the right thing. No, we're purposeful in it. We're intentional about it, right? Yes. So that's, I think that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to speak on this today is because like, no, this, there's a message that I want to tell you guys, you know, and so I want to share with you. So this is very much a culture message and how I just want to share with you the heart of our church and, and where we're at and that I love you guys and want the best for you. Yes. So let's talk about discipleship. So it's discipleship is being able to be spoken into, you know, into, into maybe tough situations and not just running away at the first challenge, which is, which is the easy thing to do. So, you know, when you're a tree and you keep getting 
uprooted and moved, or maybe you're even a tumbleweed, there's no roots on there. And then, you know, you're never gonna produce, you, you never see fruit on those, right? Well, how? There's no source of water. There's no, they're never in one place long enough to actually produce something. And so when you plant yourself in the house, you know, and, and it might even take a while to, I mean, I don't know, I don't know much about trees. I didn't do this research, but um, it might take a few years before it bears fruit, right? So, but it doesn't mean nothing's happening. Like your roots are going down, your roots are going down to find water, you're being nourished. And, and so, and sometimes like, you know, because you're a tree, like you can't, you know, you're not really moving. So things will run into you. You'll be offended by this and this, and the rain will come, the sun will come. And it's like, but you, you've decided to stay put. You've decided to stay planted. Yes. And eventually, Eventually, you'll, you'll be able to have fruit of, you know, your, of staying planted. It's, almost, it's impossible to, to bear fruit if you're keeping, you know, you keep going with the wind. I mean, that's, that's just not how God created it. So it's, um, yeah, and, and that's another thing with, with this church, Awakened Church. You can just look at the fruit of our pastors and the other people, and, and you know, it is a good place to, to put your roots down. So I've, I've uh, yeah, we're oak trees now. We're not going anywhere. Yep, I hope you all too. So fun. It's fun to be part of this church. This, there's never a boring day. So Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So be someone who wants to be sharpened. And that's, that's a tough thing, you know, because it, it kind of hurts a little bit. Imagine you're the pencil, you know, you're like, ooh, that hurts. But, but it makes us better. And, and we, so, you know, we want to be around people who sharpen us. I mean, it makes us better. That's what Pastor Jurgen said in the video. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So, you know, I wouldn't say just take, you know, go around everyone and, or anyone to, and let them speak into you. But, you know, you find those trusted people that you trust, that you know love you, right? Because that's important, truth and love. And they'll be able to speak into you and let you know um, where your blind spots are. And, and it just helps us to be better. And we're all on this journey together, all of us. And, and when iron sharpens iron, there's sparks. So sometimes, that's why it's good to be in a relationship. And, um, so, you know, you can, you can polish it with a, a nice soft cloth, but then, the sword, but then the sword loses its value because how can it cut anything because it's only just being polished. Like, oh, you're so amazing. You're so great, you know, and it's like all these compliments, but they're actually not being spoken into in, in ways to make them better and to improve. So it's, it kind of loses what it's, what it's made for, really. And then once you're sharp, then you can get the cloth and, and polish it. Yes. So we like to polish each other, too. So we don't need to leave that one out. Yeah. So we all need a Paul and a Timothy in our lives. So Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And if you read it, he really teaches us how to live. It's all the letters. How, this is how you should live, all of these things. And so, and he represents the person that's discipling you. Who is speaking into you? We all need someone who's speaking into us. And for me, um, it's, it's Michael mostly. You know, he, he pushes me to step out of my comfort zone. He encourages me. He, he pushes just, you know, a little bit, you know, on areas that I don't really want to hear it. Um, but he's, he, yep, and we do it for each other. It's good. It's a good relationship. But I also have friends that also speak into me. Um, friends, you know, like Pastor Summer and, and other people. And, and obviously Pastor Jurgen and Leanne um, speak into us. But discipleship, it doesn't have to be one-on-one. -on -one. It doesn't have to look like, oh, let me have a two-hour coffee with you, you know, at Starbucks. That's not, I mean, you can do that. And it's good to do that to build relationship. But that's not necessarily the only way to have discipleship. So, you know, and you can, you can have discipleship. Like I... Um, 
you know, I, I learned for years, many years, just watching Pastor Leanne, how she lit, lived her life, how she treated Pastor Jurgen in their marriage and watched her watching kids. You can watch people, I mean, and, you know, and, and learn from them. And I, I love that, um, you know, just being around healthy people, you can, you can learn. I mean, watching your parents, if they have a healthy marriage, you can learn from them. And, um, and so at, at, at church, when I'm on, um, at lunchtime, I see Pastor Becky come in and she's got like, she's like made salad for John and then she's made soup and then she like brings it in and gives it to him and she, she brings him lunch every day at the office. And I'm like, I've never done that ever. And so I'm like, wow. So I, I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. Like she's such a good wife. She cares and thinks about him. And so, you know, that even challenges me. Um, so I just, I just love that, that we can learn just by, by watching. So that being said, while we can be discipled by, by watching people, even li listening to sermons, listening to podcasts, we do need to have someone in our world that actually knows you, that can speak into the things that you need help with, right? So it's not, you can't just get away with, oh, I'm just known, you know, I just, I just watch from afar. Okay, well, who's speaking into the things that, that you're struggling with? Does anyone know what you're struggling with? Does anyone know the sin that entangles you? Like, who's going to help you get through those things? So, so we can learn from all these people, but then you do need someone in your world to, to help you with those things. So find those people, and we can learn from everyone. All right, next, we all need a Timothy, and Paul calls him a son in the faith. So Timothy represents someone that we're raising up. Who are we training up? Who are, who's below us? So we always have someone we're listening to and someone that we're raising up. So we believe here at Awaken Church that, we're, that leaders are only as good as the fruit that they are producing. So we're always looking at what is the fruit of that? What, is that our culture? Is that, um, you know, is that good fruit? How is it going? And, and so that is, is super important. So um, we're all on this journey. So we all, we never arrive. We're never, we're never stopped being discipled. Even Pastor Jurgen is discipled by Pastor Phil, you know, and so there's, there's always someone that can speak into us. And, and sometimes it's from unlikely, unlikely people. <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, so gosh, maybe 10 years ago, I was standing in the back of Carmel Valley Middle School by the curtains back there. And, uh, I was just standing there and I was watching, um, Pastor Leanne on stage and I was just like, wow, I can, I could never do that. And she was like praying or something. And I was just standing there and I was thinking in my head. And then all of a sudden, Michael Mushlin comes over and he goes to Central and he's like, Lisa, God just wanted me to tell you that you can do that too. And I was like, <gasps> and I was like, oh dear God. And so, yeah. <laughs> and it was terrifying because I think deep down, even back then, I felt like, you know, God was trying to tell me, you're going to be doing that one day. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then so, so even back then, he planted, planted the seeds in there. And, um, but it's funny because Michael, I mean, we have a friendship and it's not really someone I would go through, go to for, for mentoring or whatever, but we're friends. And so he just felt to come and tell me that. And that's another reason why I love our church. And I'm like, okay. And I've actually never told him that it meant so much to me. I, but if you listen to this, Michael, you'll, you'll learn now that 10 years ago, you really planted a seed, um, in my life. So thank you for that. So much fun. So who are we raising up? Proverbs 15.32 says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. So let's all be people that have a teachable spirit. And, you know, we will be wiser because of it. And people will like you and like to be around you. So let's just do that. Okay? Awesome. All right. 
Wrapped up point number two. Okay, how are we doing? Good. Oh, almost done. All right, third point. I'll be fast on this. And this this one might be just um, surprise you. So the first one, call to be in community. Second one, call to make disciples. Third one, call to be hospitable. Oh, I don't have points up there. All right, so hospitality. Yes. So hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. John 13, 35 says, this is how they will know me, by loving one another. So I love this, and, and I didn't even realize the value of hospitality until we started doing that from our first group, even from our first um, game nights that we were having. But there's something powerful about it, and it's actually, a, it's like a gift, it's, and you learned um, to do it. So, um, but I, I feel like we're all called to be hospitable and look after others. And so, you know, um, I was raised up, uh, my mom loved to be hospitable. She loved, she was like, my mom's half Japanese and Japanese culture, she loved feeding people. So people would come over and she'd be like, eat this, eat this. And then we'd have bowls of M&Ms like all over the house, like peanut M&Ms. And people would come over and they'd just eat all the M&Ms. They're like, how do you live here? And not eat all the M&Ms all the time. I'm like, cause they're there 24 seven. Like at some point you're like, I don't really um, need M&Ms anymore. But um, you know, she taught me that, that it's important to, to have people over, like, it's an open arms, open home mentality, and come in, let me show you how I live, come in, let me feed you, and, and something about being in community and uh, with food, you know, people are happy when they're eating, feed them, give them food, yes, and it's, yes, and so it's, it's just, it's just so much fun, and it takes the pressure off, dirt, off of conversation. You know, you don't need to have, like, deep conversations. Just just have some food, and people start talking. And and that and we love to do that here at Awaken Church. That's how we build friendships. We go away for retreats, and we'll have, you know, an hour meeting, and then we'll have a three-hour lunch. And, you know, that's how we build relationship. And it's so much fun. It's so much fun to do life together. And, you know, we might have this, this thought that, you know, everything has to be perfect before people come over. We have this Instagram or Pinterest perfect thought of, of what our life should be like. And um, I, I saw a moving truck or a truck one time, and it had, you know, this California closets, and it was like this perfect, um, you know, closet. And it's like, oh, we all want that. You know, there's, no, there's like three things in there. I'm like, but none of us have closets that look like that, you know? And so it's like, they, we, we want this life to be perfect, but that's not how we are. And, and it's almost like unattainable. Um, so, you know, don't be worried about where you are in life and what you have or what you don't have. And don't compare yourself to others. But, but there's something you can do to be hospitable, right? We can all look after our neighbor. And um, so think about that as you leave today. How can we be hospitable? How can we um, care for others? And, and that's really, uh, I, I feel like God's heart for, for his children. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. And whenever we, whenever we buy a house, we, Michael and I would walk through and be like, how are we going to host people here? Where are we going to put everyone? Where are we going to put the table? Where are we going to hang out? And so we've always had a, a mentality of, of wanting to look after others. And I feel like because of that, we've always had people in our house in a warm and, and, you know, happy home and filled with people and laughter. It's so much fun. So Titus 1, 7 through 8 says, A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quaint-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, dishonest, money. This is just telling us, this is one of Paul's letters. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must be, live a devout and disciplined life. So this is just you know, ways that we can live a good life. I mean, this is instruction right here. I can't even make this stuff up. So all throughout the New Testament, 
you know, um, Jesus was going into people's homes. Did you know that? I mean, he would be like, just, you know, his, he, he and his, his um, disciples, they would stay in people's homes. He would be in people's homes all the time. So I'm going to read you the story right now about Zacchaeus. So here we go. Zacchaeus in Luke 19, 1 through 10 says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. It's kind of long, so bear with me. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, come down. I'm, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people in their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. And I love this story because it didn't matter what kind of lifestyle Zacchaeus had before this. He heard about Jesus, and he went, he climbed a tree, he took action, he put himself in a position to be noticed. Jesus calls him out and says, I'm coming to your house for lunch. And Jesus said, all right, come over. So beautiful. What would you say if Jesus came in and said, I'm coming to your house for lunch. Would you let him in? What would you say? Would you be like, oh no, I didn't vacuum. I didn't sweep. I don't know what I have in the fridge. I, I mean, would you, would you let him in? And when he let Zacchaeus in, it wasn't, it wasn't just Zacchaeus that, whose life was impacted and changed, but his whole family as well. So when Zacchaeus stepped out in faith, was, was hungry for something, was hungry for a connection. He didn't even know who Jesus was. Maybe he heard of him. So he climbed a tree. But, but it's just so amazing that, that, you know, Jesus sees us and invites and wants to come in. And it's just such a beautiful story. So this morning, as we close, and then we're going to go party outside with chicken and waffles. See, hospitality? Yep. So much fun. So as we close right now, have you ever said yes to Jesus to come into your life? And you don't even have to climb a tree. It's so easy. You just, it's so much easier now than Bible times. You can just say, you can just say, okay, you can come in. I'm ready for you. And so I, I feel like that's, that's one of, you know, when they say that Jesus is knocking, you know, at your door of your heart and wants to come in. I, I really picture that he's literally at your front door and he's saying, won't you let me in? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.